Welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is episode 396. Getting very close to that big, big anniversary milestone of 400, which we usually end up doing not much with. We ended up already passing that one over on the DC Comics side of things in a celebration of just doing what we always do each week and review some of the comics that came out. So that's probably what we'll do here as well, but kind of cool. But with all of that, I have to let everybody know that once me and Jason start talking about things, we had more planned. We actually were going to talk about the Thor issue that came out this week, the 750 anniversary, the big oversized issue. We ended up recording a part of it, and I end up having a software. I'm not going to get so into that that we get technical, but I'll just tell you it went kaplooey. The system deal that we end up using, which I do pay money for each month, ended up failing on us. I ended up getting a hold of the people who, you know, support it and whatnot. They did nothing. They got me all pissed off. They end up really were acting like jerks. They ended up blaming Jason for the most part, which made me laugh. I think I do mention it by the end. Uh, But because of that, we could not do Thor. That's also why this episode is coming out a day late because we did try them we were going to do something and we just couldn't do it because of this stuff well it's back now and uh, we were able to do like a finale deal a little ending premature ending to this and also this intro so if you're like oh my god they only did these two the thor book we're going to do next week we wanted to do it when jason was fired up i'll give you a little hint He kind of says he gives it a thumbs up. It was his book of the week this week, but because we didn't get to talk to it, he had to go to plan B. It wasn't my book of the week, but still, it's something that I think, you know, every Thor fan should read and could read and have fun reading. So we'll talk about that next week in a week that there aren't too many books anyway. It does work out a bit, uh, but we were planning on doing it this week. Well, what we did end up doing, though, is on our Patreon account, we did our spotlight episode our marvel comics badass patreon spotlight which is a patreon only show with two books from that week that are picked by the badass levels the high levels of the patreon there's a poll each week all of the books that come out they get to pick and the top two winners are featured on that patreon only spotlight it ended up being carnage number two and silver surfer rebirth number four i was actually shocked that we didn't do the Amazing Spider-Man, but indeed Carnage and Silver Surfer Rebirth ended up passing up and and winning, passing up. It ended up having more votes than Amazing Spider-Man. So we'll be getting to me and Jason talk about both Amazing Spider-Man number one and Punisher number two in a second. But yeah, if you want to help us out for everything we do here with this stuff on the Marvel feed, go over to Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience. And help us out with all of that I will tell you right now In May, we're going to be having another Annuals week, so that means The last week of May The podcast will be Patreon only Just to give you a little heads up For later on 
in the month of May. We're still in April, though. We shouldn't be talking about May yet. We still have one more day for the April deal. So we're going to get into these uh, books. But uh, also, since I'm all scattered here trying to do this because it's all out of sorts and I'm not very good with change, I'm not good with things happening on different days, please go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back 100%. And then also go and check out our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, and our Instagram, Weird Science Comic. All these are going to be in the show notes, so if you don't hear what I'm saying or can't understand me fumbling and the bumbling and the stumbling, you can go in there and click on things, get those, and go. So yeah, with all of that, though, we're going to go off. Me and Jason talking about Amazing Spider-Man number one, Punisher number two, not Thor number 750 though we wanted to but yeah those two and we'll be back at the end to say goodbye and i'm here with my man jason what up jason not a whole lot jim how are you this beautiful spring week oh i'm doing fine it's pretty cold here in pennsylvania a little close to york pennsylvania a little too close Uh-oh. when we get to the Uh-oh. spider-man book because when you go there i'm like oh my that's like right down the road from me i better watch out because peter parker might be in town but we're here, obviously, one of the bigger books and the big book probably of the week, even though we have a Thor celebration two, later. Not a lot of books, but two big books. Yeah, we end up starting with Amazing Spider-Man number one. Kind of odd to even say that right now. But yeah, you end up having a start of a new run. We have Zeb Wells writing it and coming out of the Beyond stuff, coming out of the Nick Spencer stuff. And unfortunately, this issue leaked early. And a lot of people went on Twitter and Reddit and all social media and had a fit, started screaming, yelling. That's what social media is for, for people to be angry in public. And I wonder, you know, the idea of it leaking, it just sometimes you get the idea of controlled leaks. You know what I mean? Like, you're okay, I get it. It leaked. All right. Uh, But they don't seem too happy with that. No, (laughs) I don't know. You'd control it. The only thing that you can do is maybe, and this happened with the Tom King wedding issue, the Batman wedding issue, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. it seems like it was leaked early so you can get everybody angry, but then when new comic book day comes, they're already it's kind done of, being kind angry. Of over it. We're kind of past a little bit. The wave has crested. Uh, people are a little pissed off, but it's the amazing Spider-Man number one. But the, the real question is Jason pissed off. That's what I want to know. But this is written by Zeb Wells <laughs> Me, with I'm, art by John Ramon Jr. Yes, I don't wouldn't like you when you're angry. Inks by Scott Hanna, colors by Marcelo Menez, letters by VCs Joe Carmagna. And because it's a new deal, we don't have any sort of recap. In fact, he's, he's Spider-Man. He, he, he got bit by the spider. You know, we've heard that before. So we start out with what is very, very similar to the Donny Cates Hulk book, where we end up having a, a disaster happening. Maybe an editor should have said, hey... This is the same damn thing we just did a couple months ago. Maybe mix it up a little bit, but I, I guess they don't do that. They could say also, like, I don't know. A lot of people didn't like that so much. Some did. <laughs> so you yeah, end up in York, Pennsylvania. Shout out to York. Uh, the band Live is from York, so I hope they survive that. A little 90s deal. Thoughts and prayers. Outside in New York, Pennsylvania, there's a huge crater with Peter in the middle of it. He has some sort of, you know, Geiger counter type thing. It looks Spider like maybe, tracker, right? maybe. I don't know. And it then says six months later. And so we go and we don't right know away. what the hell happened there in no. New York. Something real bad. Some volcano, meteorite strike, nuclear bomb. Something happened where everybody's concerned with Peter, too, since that six months. Yeah. And his, his uh, 
costume is all torn up. So yeah, we've got. So we, we don't know how much time has passed between Beyond and York, but now we know that between York and the next page is six months. Yeah, six months have passed. We'll get a, like a, a double page spread just to say six months later. Okay. White text on a black background. All right. The big thing here, a lot of people are excited that John Romita Jr. is back at Marvel. So I'm like, okay, that first page looks good. But man, that six months later is awesome. Look at that art. (laughs) But then you go and you're going to get that. Yeah, it is. No, no, no extra little lines on that page. No, that's the thing. And I talked about John Romita Jr. where, again, he does that shading bit that it's more of, you know, pencil heavy stuff. This is the idea of it. I didn't necessarily love parallel little lines to give definition and shape to things. I didn't love his art at DC. A lot of people were down with it, especially the Bendis Superman stuff, whatnot. But right away, I like this. I actually like it until there's little bits where it gets a little too John Romita Jr. Randy looks like he's a mannequin. He does. My big thing with Tombstone, though, is you have him multiple times in the book and his face seems to change a little shape at points. Whatever, but I like it overall. I think it's pretty good. I wrote it off as lighting. And so when you go, though, what people are upset, I didn't see anybody upset with the John Romita Jr. art. A lot of people were like, oh, man, it's glad to have him back on a book that he really is comfortable with and, you know, kind of did his deal with. To me, it really emphasizes that this is something, a clean break, new and different, new writer, new artist. This doesn't look anything like the Mark Bagley kind of art. Yeah, and so Zeb Wells, a lot of people loved his Hellions deal with the X-Men stuff. As the best X-Men book of the past couple years. He had some of the better issues in the Beyond stuff. It got a little wonky at the end, but he was also dealing with other people's nonsense and jokes. But still... We said that we like his Beyond stuff. At this point, I see a lot of people actually kind of digesting all of the Beyond deal and kind of saying that was kind of nonsense. And I, I kind of agree with that. Parts were better than the sum. Yeah. And it was the Ben Riley stuff, and you didn't really get a great conclusion to that. So when you come in, okay, Peter's back. He's, you know, he's healed up. All right, let's see what's. Oh, no. He has some problems. Six months later, everybody hates him. They all hate him. And I know that the classic Peter Parker story is all about, you know, he has a rough time. He has money troubles. But it would have been nice to start off a little more cheerful and see how we got into that rather than we're just dropped into everything sucks. He's he owes money for his hospital stay. You think one of his one of his rich Avenger friends might have cut him a check. I don't know. I mean, Tony Tony Stark probably owns that hospital. He seems to be pushing everybody away in this way where, you know, Human Torch comes, Johnny comes, and he doesn't want any parts of him. He treats comes Randy. Yeah. Like, like all these things seems like he's so... He's been lying to Aunt May so much that Aunt May said, yeah, I'm used to you lying to me. I just, I'm not, I'm kind of sick of it. Again, we're not even getting to the point yet at the end where at the end people throw. And so what I want to say, though, is... You had Nick Spencer's run. People were, you know, conflicted with that. It went on, whatever. But the big thing at the end, oh, my God, he's going to get rid of one more day. We're going to get Mary Jane married to Peter. Kids, all that. Yeah, they were about to move in together there at the uh, last issue. That whole one more day, that didn't get taken away by Nick Spencer. You didn't have So then you get beyond. But the thing is, is that you keep ending up doing things. That seemed to just piss off the fans of Spider-Man. And they, Spider-Man mm-hmm. isn't my favorite <laughs> character or anything, but people who are longtime Spider-Man fans 
I think they are owed something. Just give them something where they can have fun (laughs) and have at least one issue to say, all right, I'm ready to have some fun with this. And it is dismal. Mm -hmm. I watched a a, a video about this the other day. There's a a guy on YouTube called Perch. I don't know if you've you've seen his stuff. He's a, you know, he used to own comic book shops. So he's kind of, he sees it from that perspective. And he described this issue as being incredibly anti-fan service. Yeah. Like the opposite of everything the fans want. Give him the opposite. And you thought that, yeah. I, I see his point. You need to have a win for something. Have oh, something yeah. I, go I on. Agree. Yeah. Have some fun, even if it's a whole arc, because some of the fans, again, Peter Parker Spider Man fans, because in that Beyond, it was more about Ben. So you weren't really getting Peter mm-hmm. anyway. And so when you get to this finally, oh my God, we're, we can get rid of the Nick Spencer stuff. We can get rid of the Beyond. We're starting, like you said, looks like a fresh start. You got John Romita Jr., fresh awesome. Start. And then you start in, you're like, What's going on? Like Aunt May not <laughs> wanting any parts of Peter feels really, really awful. We're on page four, and Aunt May is just kicking Pete when he's down. Yeah. It's, and part yeah. of it is he owes money for the hospital stay that he had, and Aunt May seems to have paid some, and she's out of money. She had to move into a new apartment. We, yeah, we don't know why she has no money. It's, it's kind of hinted at maybe middle collection agencies are going after her too. Oh yeah, I think that she paid some of this money. I don't. I don't think that's legal. You know, legally binding. I mean, you know, if I get sick, they're not going to make my aunt pay for it. It's not legally binding, but Aunt May. So this happened to yeah. Eric. Eric ended up getting sick, and they were hounding his mom, and his mom wanted to be a nice person and start paying the bill. And then Eric Uh-oh. fell out and flipped out because they never got a hold of him. He doesn't have a phone. He doesn't. But this does happen. I think that she just wanted to help out, especially whatever happened in the six months and whatever. Right? I but- mean, we have to make these suppositions because we're not, not told what happened. We don't know. Is, does this all go back to that one York incident, the York apocalypse, I like to call it? Or is it a separate thing, like a personal life apocalypse versus the superhero apocalypse? Are they separate? Are they the same thing? What the hell happened? I, in my mind, I'm thinking that it was the hospital stay that he had in the beyond and that it just carries over. I don't know. Uh, because this whole deal where he goes outside, Aunt May says, I know when you're lying to me, you're lying to me. This is bull crap, you know, whatever. And then says, you can come to dinner on Saturday, but I won't hold my breath. I mean, this yeah. is oh, awful. Wow. You know what I mean? This is like not good. Peter is not right. And the thing is, if this was Ben Riley from the Beyond stuff, I'd say, oh, well, he lost that bit of himself from the Beyond. Where This almost feels like Peter has lost something of his past where he does not want to deal with mm-hmm. anybody, doesn't care. He goes out and there is the collection guy there. You know, hey, listen, you owe all this money. Somebody's got to pay. And Peter says, stop calling my aunt. He's like, well, somebody has to pay it. You know, the idea of him uh, pressuring this. But this guy seems very happy to be really, you know, yeah, he's a jerk. Well, I don't then, know how much I mean, how much is he getting paid to hang out on Peter Parker's stoop all day to try to hit him up for money? And maybe we'll find out that there's something even more with this. There's somebody you know, pulling the strings. You end up where Peter then goes back to his apartment and there's Randy who's there. Hey buddy, what's going on? He's even got screwed because they were sharing an apartment and Peter wasn't around to pay the rent. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what's going on? I ended and, up having and to Randy's pay rent. And not even living there anymore because he's, he's shacking up with his girlfriend. Yeah, he, so he's pissed off and Peter doesn't say like, oh man, I'm sorry, hey buddy. You know, it's like, okay, nice seeing you. Tries to get into his apartment. Randy even says, hey, listen, I'm getting married. I'm going to ask Janine to marry me, and I need your help because I need somebody to check up on me because I'm actually going to tell her dad, Tombstone, 
that I, hey, I want to marry your daughter. He may kill me. So you right. go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. See ya. Nice seeing you. And he tries to get in and slams the door in his face. Mm-hmm. His best friend, or one of them at least, is getting married. We, we see that later Peter does the right thing to look out yeah, for his does. friend, but he doesn't let his friend know. He, it, you know. In public, he's, you know, so cold. And so this is this is Janice, who's the new Lady Beetle who we saw back in the previous run, and who's the, the daughter of Tombstone. And so, the, and this is Randy, the daughter of editor guy from this, this the son of Robbie Robert. Robertson. Yep. So this is this is a huge connection. Yeah, we've we've seen that relationship a couple times. We had one like Robbie Robertson focused issue in the last one that was pretty cool with Tombstone that they were trying right. to you know get along because of the kids and whatnot. So in laws basically, which is crazy. And so with that, you even see where Peter like looks at all the messages from Randy that he didn't return. He's got the Mary Jane. So all this right. is he, he just looks awful. to maybe I'm going to call MJ, but then he doesn't because he gets this new message from Randy. He's having a rough time and he's making himself worse. You end up having that. Nobody seems to like what he's doing or care. And they're all upset about it. Uh, look, just the idea he slams the door. Nice seeing you, Randy, as he says, hey, I'm going to ask somebody to be married, but I need your help, whatever. Boom, right in the right in the face. And then we go off then to get, you know, the evilness of this. And there's kind of a cool play here because you end up having Tombstone with this power vacuum in New York City, not mentioning Butch at all. That it, They don't mention Kingpin directly, but we kind of well, get the feeling that Tombstone's stepping into some kind of void. He does say at one point, Kingpin's gone. He says yeah, Kingpin ain't true, around, which is odd because Butch would have been, but who knows how they're playing this with yeah. the stuff from Devil's Reign. But And they talk about the Rose, who's also Kingpin's son, like legitimate son. Yep. Yeah, and he came back from the dead in the mm-hmm. Nick Spencer run. Yeah, so that is the, the son. The lifeline lifeline tablet. tablet. So he's there. And, you know, he wants to get what's his, but he doesn't have territory. This is all Tombstone trying to say, listen, with this vacuum, I'm going to come in. We could all get along. Let's do this. And the mm-hmm. Rose does not have any sort of territory. Right. They're trying to put together some kind of deal. At this point, we don't know what the deal is, but Rose wants to be a player. And Tombstone says, you, you got nothing here. I'm not going to deal with you because you're a nobody. And then to prove him wrong, this is an odd play that the Rose calls in to Kool-Aid Man through the door. Digger, who was a crazy character. It's the Vegas 13 deal where, if you don't know, it's 13 gangsters cut up and then pretty much formed together by a gamma bomb yeah, so test. So they were crazy. 13 gangsters, like the high-level gangsters and lieutenants, and they were murdered and buried in the Las Vegas desert. And then a gamma test squished them all together and made one kind of crazy gamma-powered Bad craziness i mean yeah and he comes <laughs> in and, and nobody wants to deal with him around and a lot of issues he was kind of in one little run and now he's back yeah so everybody's kind of like holy crap i like like where'd you dig that guy up he starts coming in yelling about the green door which is kind of a cool thing to tie into the hulk stuff especially with the gamma that he did have so he'd have that connection that shows how Bigger, he comes by back. the way was created by uh JMS and John Romita Jr. So it's a John Romita Jr. character. So it makes sense he might come back to this. That's cool. So he, he does come back in, and this is like the idea, okay, you have some muscle, uh, and they're going to make the deal. And the deal, you know, and you still have Tombstone, though, trying to play the idea that he's in control. Hey, you're going to meet me in Harlem. He's like, well, that's not the deal. We're supposed to meet halfway. And he goes, you don't have any halfway. Yeah, halfway you what? don't have anything. Halfway to what? You you meet me there. I, I'm telling you, it's secure. We'll be fine. Whatever. And then yeah, it's a crazy little play, especially by the Rose. But that's a cool way to tie mm-hmm. it in. We were wondering what happened to him after he came back, especially with the Butch stuff going on in Daredevil and stuff like that and Devil's Reign. So you end up having him coming back 
you try to get you know what he thinks is his and whatnot so you go where you go off to peter again who is going might to check also be in important that we see white rabbit here working for tombstone who was tied in with janice and that whole lady sinister six so i think we're gonna we're gonna i think she's gonna be a, a majorish supporting character yeah she, i just took it as he's and even says she's a little insane friend of my daughter's you know the idea so we'll see how that pulls out but peter then says i gotta go check I, I promise I'll check on Randy and then says, I'm not going to take my suit with me. This is kind of a personal deal. I don't need that. And then ends up, we'll see the big twist is he doubled back without us seeing it. I don't know that I needed that. That I, was not a great twist. No. And Randy is having the deal. He's having his dinner with Tombstone. Tombstone is being Tombstone. He's being very intimidating. I'm surprised he doesn't say as a shotgun and shovel in the back, but he ends up almost pushing. Randy to almost poop his pants in my mind because he's like, well, <laughs> yeah. when I was a kid and Randy's doing a nice thing. He says, I don't know. Tombstone seems like he might be. He's old terrified fashioned. of this guy. You know, I was I was a little I was a little intimidated by my wife's dad. But, you know, he's not as far as I know, an actual, you know, murderous gangster. I've, I've seen recently that I've been led to believe that if you go and ask a father for the hand you will be canceled because that is not what you do anymore but randy does say that it's an old school thing and he thinks that you know tombstone might be old school but he might yeah. die so he said <laughs> to peter all you have to call me halfway through at this time and if anybody else answers ask for proof of life yeah. which is kind of funny and yeah i, I do like this the, the scene of the two of them at a table and just the the size and the body posture really emphasizes how intimidated Randy is. And why wouldn't he be? And he's like, oh, yeah. And, and Tombstone messes with him, kind of scares him a little and says, listen, you know my daughter as well as I do. She's going to do what she wants. So it's mm-hmm. nice of you. It's nice enough for you to ask him whatnot. But I'm going to go with that idea that my daughter, he goes through a whole thing. Well, when I was a kid, you wanted something. You just took it. And you did this. And I, and, and even says, if you would have asked me this a couple of years ago, I would have broke your back right here. I would have killed you. Straight up. Now, again, I was thinking. It Kinder, was funny. gentler tombstone. And he says, this is, must be what happens on top. The funny thing when he says that, if I was Randy, I'd make the joke, well, I wouldn't have asked your daughter then because she would have only been like 13. I, I would have let anybody <laughs> kill, probably killed me then. Yeah, and it's also kind of funny that he talks about, well, I'm kind of more content now, which feels like a callback to the Fisk stuff from Devil's Reign. Yeah, it does. But whether or not, you know, Zeb Wells is doing that, maybe it is the idea when you're on top, that's when you start, stop being hungry. And Yeah, maybe Tombstone will be able to, uh, you know, feel more like he can just stay where he is rather than always pushing forward and get himself in trouble the way Fisk did. Maybe that's the contrast. I think that the difference is he says that, and at the end, he gets his mojo back by going after Peter or Spider-Man. I think that that's why he says, hey, you tell Spider-Man when he, at the end, you know, I'm after him. I think that that's where he's like, I got to get my, you know, my deal going again because I Mm -hmm. feel too content. But with that, you end up having Peter looking in. Okay, he's fine. Looks like he's doing okay. Seems like there's nothing going on. Oh, yeah. no. You see White Rabbit and all the thugs there, and he realizes that there's something going on and says, oh, by the way, I told you guys I didn't have the suit, but I doubled back and got it. Here I am. Which, I mean, they can't be you can't be too surprised to see some thugs hanging around when Tombstone's in a restaurant. I mean, he is Tombstone. Even that, I mean, the idea of having that, well, I doubled back when you didn't. What does that do? 
That doesn't do anything. What that to does me. is we get to have the page turn reveal of a pretty cool splash page. It's a nice Spidey, page, but he could have just been, I'm going to go put my suit on. He could have t- he could have said, "Well, this is what, but you never know." There's it's a- supposed to be more of a oh, he surprise reveal. It's not a big surprise. Here's my play. This is why I don't like it. Is the idea okay, he's, Jim, leg- go for it. he's legitimately going to make sure that Tombstone does not kill his friend. If he went to that <laughs> diner, not diner, he's not a, a restaurant, and looks in and Tombstone is doing something bad, he's going to have to stop that as Spider-Man. So yep. why not have it? That would have been the easy way to do it. But he's like, ah, I'm just going to check in on him and go. I mean, it's weird, but it's just to get that page turned. Oh, my God, Spider-Man. I do love the art when he jumps on the car. And mm-hmm. he's very like soft with it, and he lays down. And he's talking about, "Hey, we're going to go for a ride. Let's see what happens." It, it does. I do wonder about the all the other cars around who sees Spider Man just landed on top of a car and riding it. I mean, you're you're in New York. You probably see it all the time. Yeah, really. Spider Man, basic celebrity spider. It's like it's like walking past Woody Allen. You know, he's, yeah, he's yeah, exactly. There he is. You shame him and move on. So then you go and you have this meeting, and we find out, you know, what's going on. This idea of this tech, it's a goblin glider that they're actually selling. There's not a lot left. And then Spidey can't help himself but make a joke as he now has shifted on top of this giant armored car <laughs> and says, hey, you better check the miles on that. It always gets you. I, I do love that that little pose on top where he's got his his, his knees up and his That's hands like on his That's like me reading chin. comics. I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I got the phone there. I'm twirling the cord. You end up where they're like, oh, my God, it's a bus digger. Digger? And all of a sudden, he gets the spidey sense, and Digger comes flying up. I mean, just crashes yeah. up through this Reaches armored car. arms right through the top of the... Ugh. Yeah, and he's like, oh, man, Digger, I haven't seen you in a while. And you get this, like, really quick deal where Digger says, hey, by the way, I'm kind of pissed off at you because I was told that you ended up killing me the last time that I was out there. And Spidey's like, no, 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 you just kind of melded and faded away, you, you know. And he does even say later, and that, that pisses off Digger. He's yelling about it, even uses it in the like end. Like a, a rope-a-dope situation where he made Digger just go bigger and bigger and bigger until he yeah, just yeah, yeah. wore himself until out. Until he, he wore himself out. So that's the whole play. Now, with that, Digger gets really triggered with this. And as everything is going, <laughs> and you have, you know, the two sides and grab the glider. Hey, grab them. They're trying to get away with it. Grab the money. And Digger just decides, like, I'm going to tip over this armored car and blow it up with all the money in it. Everything's yeah. <laughs> blowing up all around because he just he's getting pissed off again. He's he's really angry. You get that weird deal then where Right Rabbit goes, Oh, tough day to be Kareem. I'm like, Oh yeah, Kareem. Oh my god, it's like a, an airplane situation again. <laughs> you try dragging her up and down yeah, the corner. Really? I mean, yeah. yeah, you got that. He's hey, who's Kareem? Uh oh, and there's Kareem is in there. He's trapped, so he has to get him out. As Digger says, let's go. Spidey has to stop chasing down the bad guy, which gives the bad guys a chance to escape while Spidey, you know, saves this poor Kareem dude. And they all run, except for White Rabbit, who decides to stand around looking cool. And, yeah, she gets webbed up. Yeah, and ends up saying, yeah, the cops are going to be here. You don't want to mess with those. They're still pissed off at the heroes with you as well and whatnot. He's like, okay, well, and then he webs her to the car as he's going to go away with the swip swip. And, yeah, he ends up going off then so he did save you know most of the people there and even there looks like the tracker that he might have put on the car as well it seems but with Mm -hmm. all that going on 
it's okay. You get some action. And this is not bad. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. It's better than Aunt May and Brand. Oh, that yeah. Pissed yeah. Off deal. This, the Spider-Man side of this issue is pretty good. The Peter Parker side is miserable. Yeah, because then he goes home four hours later. He's just laying there and he's like, oh, man, you know, I wonder what's going on. And all these things with MJ. He calls MJ, who has to hide in the closet to talk to him on the phone says you have to stop calling me stop it i don't want to talk to you don't call me again and hangs up and then he's like like, turned into some sort of pathetic stalker last time we saw them they were they were in love they were happy they were considering moving in together and now it's just it's all falling apart yeah it's all falling apart to the point where at the end it gets real confusing but you have all this going on and you get word where the word gets back to Tombstone that the Rose, everybody's making these plays and they're trying to kill Tombstone. They're trying to, you know, go Hammerhead's the one who calls and says, hey, listen, the, the bunch of the, the crime bosses, things like that, they're kind of voting against you. They're kind of going against you, so you better watch out. He's like, ah, go to bed, too. Ah, go to bed, Hammerhead, you know, whatever. And goes, mm-hmm. his, his building explodes. They tried to kill him here. And it is a huge explosion as you end up having again digger watching this he's supposed to leave the rose there for but he eats it there's a little comedy deal like hey there we go the the rose told his gang of goons to go and, and blow up tombstone's house and he wants tombstone and everybody to know who did it he wants credit yep and he ends up saying the idea that none of the other big kahunas the big bosses will have any problems with this either that's what hammerhead says to tombstone doesn't kind of eh, just don't worry about it these people aren't going to do anything almost kills his cat he seems very you know more concerned with that cat as well yeah <laughs> that's the only thing he saves in the house comes out and says you know i'm pissed off now he's you know war against the rose all that going on you end up having peter continue where there's the guy collecting the money he wakes up it's back to sad sack peter yeah he has a job interview lineup he's got nothing going on today he's got no plans He's not doing anything like Spider-Man-ish today. He's just wandering around the city, and he, he misses his his uh, interview. Thing, and he's like, well, I'd go eat breakfast. Well, he eats breakfast for lunch and then says, yeah, I might be able to fight some crime later or whatever, but he's just walking around. He has pancakes. You know things are not going well. Yeah, him. really. That is true. And then Tombstone shows up and asks Peter to get in the car. I didn't love this scene. I'm telling you, if I was Tombstone, I would have killed Peter Parker. Right there. Peter is so over the top, like trash talking. It's kind of like the Tony Stark Iron Man dynamic way back when, where he knows that Peter Parker knows Spider-Man. He wants to send a message to Spider-Man, so he talks to Peter Parker. And But Peter here, he's... I can, I can see that if he's in this sad sack situation... Now he has somebody he can be a jackass to. He doesn't have yeah, to be sorry to Tombstone. I do that to he Tombstone. doesn't have to be, you know, sad sack guy. He, well, he's almost... He wants a fight. He's spoiling for somebody to punch. I mean, like. if if he ended up at this point where Tombstone goes to attack him, I mean, either he's going to be, have to reveal that he's more than just old Peter Parker or Tombstone's going to straight up kill him uh, because he is so over the top with it. And Tombstone, a guy who doesn't take off like that, just takes it and then says, you're a funny guy, Peter Parker, because he says, I have now made spider-man my thing i am going to go after him and i'm going to teach him what it really is like which is weird because we don't know why tombstone is connecting he knows he's attacked by the rose we don't know why he's connecting this to spider-man yes i don't think it's i don't think it's because of him breaking up the deal he knows how the rose came back to life or actually 
It is Peter's fault. It's Boomerang and Peter's fault. He's the one that ended up. They got the pieces to Kingpin got it. I the Rose is back public, and tries to kill him. No, I'm saying who knows what they know. Because remember when Kingpin was doing this, he was hanging around with Hammerhead and all those other guys. They were part of that. They were sent out right, to even get kind of parts canceled. of that. So I think that that okay, word got maybe. down. I think word got down that. This all deals with that lifeline tablet. Again, we're, we're forced to fill in this background because it's all presented to us so mysteriously. So I we're, we're all making up things. But I think that it is, uh, again, you had that whole bunch of kingpins, cronies, and all the bad guys going around for that lifeline tablet, which did bring back the rose. So maybe he's connected some dots. I think when he says, you're a real funny guy, Peter Parker, I think he's starting to connect some more dots. I mean, just the idea that this Peter Parker... How would he, why is this guy so, you know, itching for a fight with me? If he's just a normal kid, I'll kill him by just squeezing his head and popping it. Why is it? It's just a weird play. But then with that, you end up because it does seem now, do you think the car is driving around us or talking? Or I is it just kind that of question there? too and went back and forth on that. Because, <laughs> because it's yeah, weird I, I if it's driving around, right? Yeah, and then it, just, well, he, he leaves him right where he dropped him off. Because yeah. he picked him up, put the Peter Parker outside MJ's. He's kind of creeping around like a uh, creepy creeper. He is. And he drops. I think he just sits there. I think the I car just I just parts. sitting there. I wonder that they're driving. I really would have laughed a lot if they didn't start there outside of MJ's apartment. And then mm-hmm. you end up Tombstone just randomly drops him <laughs> off outside because he is. It's raining. It's a cool John Romita deal where he looks up and it's MJ's apartment and says, man, why do I always end up here? And I wish I had a better reason. He tries to kind of like slink off, but MJ sees him. She's like looking out the window. You stalker. And then yeah. the big thing well, that a lot of people. angry. She just looks really sad. Well, then you get where there's, hey, MJ, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay, Paul. And then Paul? this guy comes what in and says, yeah. Yeah, and says, hey, I can't hold them off. The big play here is there's these two kids that go mommy, and the one looks exactly like a little MJ. I mean, it's not like the idea of like, oh, my God, these are kids that might be Paul's but not hers. They call her they call her mommy, which is a very familiar thing to call someone who's not if they're not actually a mother. But I mean, we can't. We, these kids are they're, they're bigger than Todd. It's hard to tell because the John Romita proportions are a little wonky. But the girl looks to be what, like five, and maybe the yeah, boy the kids seven, like eight, seven, yeah, yeah. Like so who so knows? We did not have that long a time skip since beyond. No, but again, some people are saying that the six months and this thing, whatever happened, might have had like a you know one more day thing. Something went wonky. There's a time skip. Something with it because or that girl Black looks widow ex- kind of a thing. That girl looks exactly like MJ coming in here. My my theory is that's just a red herring, a red. Red hair ring. Ah, there you go. I think, yeah, I think we're going to find out that these are just Paul's kids, and maybe they've been dating for a couple months, and the kids really like MJ to the point where that's what it's. I mean, the idea of I I can't hold them off any longer is kind of a weird play. It, It does, in my mind, it is the idea where. Somebody starts dating somebody, and yeah, they can call me mom. It might be six months they've been dating mm-hmm. them, you know. Or the idea of it's just some crazy stuff because at the back, and then we get a little bit of an end. MJ and Paul don't don't kiss each other. They don't call each other sweetie. Nothing like that. All the emotion is between MJ and these two random kids. Yeah, yeah. The the play though is is that if I end up going upstairs right now. 
I'm not necessarily kissing my wife every time I see her either. Uh, I'm almost getting the play. I don't know what's going on. Right. I, I'm, that's why I'm, we're, it's so strange. Again, we're trying. I'm trying to figure out what's the trick because clearly there's some kind of a shenanigan being pulled on us here. Well, I'm trying you to have in the out. letters because then we get a, a back deal. You have like an epilogue deal where you do end up seeing. You know, Doc Ock has mm-hmm. been uh, better days uh, for him. He's all tied up and things like that, where we'll have to see what that's going on. We have a lot going on in this yeah, anyway. Do we know? So Doc Ock's upside down, captured by somebody, and Doc Ock is mad because he wants to get Peter Parker, but he wants to get Peter Parker when he's up. He doesn't want to get Peter Parker when he's already down. That doesn't seem like a challenge, but Doc Ock got some bigger issues because he seems to be captured and hung upside down by. Some alien dude. Do we have any guesses who this guy is? I don't have any guess at all. We only see the back of his bald green head. We see that he speaks in lowercase letters, kind of like somebody from the Ultimate Universe, but maybe not. I have no guess. I have no No guess guess. at all. uh, So we'll have to see how that goes. I'm just going back to look at something. We were told in the previews that, that Doc Ock was going to be one of the main villains in this opening arc of Zeb Wells. So, but we find out here that at least he's doesn't seem to be so connected to the York PA thing. Right now, he's been captured by some other big. Yeah, bag. maybe maybe at at some point it is a. It's just and like the mystery. Looks like deal. it might be happening in space. The background looks almost like space. So yeah, I don't know. Is this an alien? Is it an alien abduction situation? I, I have no idea. I'm telling you, I have no There's idea. There's a lot and of that in this issue where we you just read a read a scene and go, huh? What did I miss? Over and over and over. Doesn't intrigue me that much. Uh, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. And so I'm not going to be somebody who's like, oh, my God, this is the worst because of what happened with MJ and stuff, because I, I have no clue of what is happening, especially with the kids. And then in the letter at the back, if you do read it, Nick Lowe, pretty much, I mean, this is what gets me is where he thinks in his letter he has to start off by saying, and I'll just say, super hoping that y'all like what you just read. I know a bunch of you probably didn't like the last couple pages very much. I didn't, I didn't like a lot of it when it came to yeah. Peter, but so don't want to cause opening you pain. with an apology. Yeah, don't want to cause you pain, but you have a heck of a story we're building that I hope you all enjoy enough to make up for your anger and sadness you're feeling right now. Do they understand that people don't want to be strung along? They don't need somebody to say, oh, you know, th- this is what happened. And I, t- I bring it up all the time. Tom Brevoort, who isn't Nick Lowe, obviously, but ends up yelling at Brandon online because Brandon's like, I'm getting nothing from this Avengers book. Oh, you have to wait 300 issues. People don't want to wait 300 issues. They want to have something, especially a number one, to get happy and put it on their pull list. I've seen mm-hmm. so many people say this is off their pull list because they, they don't like what's going on. And tell me what it gets better. You can't do it as the number one. There's like four or five different places here where something awful happened to Peter and we don't know why. Which yeah. is too many. It's too throw, many. Throw, mix, you know, mix some of those in, some intrigue. Oh, I wonder what's going on. But in between, give us something a little bit more upbeat. And, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm reading The Amazing Spider-Man, not The Morose Spider-Man. Yeah, the, the sad sack uh, asshole Spider-Man. I hate to curse. But the, the idea of this is you are getting fans who, like I said, Nick Nick Spencer's run. A lot of people liked it. It kind of went a little too long in my mind. But you were promised almost a hint, hint promise. That one more day gone, we're going to get him. Then we get the beyond stuff. There's the weird. Even what are they doing now? Completely undone. We had the happy couple together 
being mostly happy together. Yeah, you didn't have to have a, a wedding yet, I'm, but yeah, still. I'm not, a, I'm not a big shipper in any couple, you know, whether it's MJ and, and Peter or whoever, but I also don't want to be jerked around, right? For just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, like just pick something and go with it. Nick Lowe is pretty much in this should say, hey, everybody, our, our crap don't stink. You keep reading because we're going to make you because you're a Spider-Man fan, but we're not going to give you what you want. And there's one thing. There's a bit of like every fan wants something and you mm-hmm. can't rely totally sure. on, hey, I have to please this, this and this. But don't go the opposite. This feels like a lot of things nowadays where the editors and the writers, they want to they want to fight with the reader. They don't want to give them what they want. Now, with that, you can look at some of the books that are popular and not popular or whatnot. And some of these books that are over-the-top fan service, things like that, people are eating up because that's what they want nowadays. We're just getting sad sack Peter with a mystery we don't know, with MJ, with kids, and uh, Aunt May, who always will never give up on Peter, seems to have given up. Johnny Storm, Matt Adam. Johnny Storm at one point says, yeah, and the little hint we didn't say, when Johnny Storm comes and says, hey, I'm checking in on you. Peter seems like he, first off, doesn't remember because he doesn't care that Johnny can't flame down. Mm -hmm. He's basically like, hey, kind of turn down the temp. And he's like, what are you talking about? You know that I can't do that. And that's kind of a thing that's real personal to me, jerk. And then there's that mention of, hey, Reed and Sue don't want me around. Well, you did steal from us. And that might, there's the big, that seems a mystery of what might have happened. Maybe six, six different times where something crappy happened and we don't know what. Which, you know, I like the idea of a mystery. Give me something to think about, you know, from this issue to the next. But I want it. They can't all be horrible things. It's just like a Russian novel. Peter's a sad set. He always owes money. Yeah, like those are the tropes. You're taking them up to 11. Where Aunt May's like, yeah, we're having dinner, but you won't show Mm -hmm. up. I'm like, that's awful. So how many pages of, of... of happy Peter Parker that we get. We got like <laughs> one page when he's fighting Digger and he's kind of kind of cheerful. That is it. Yeah, I think the play might be that Spider-Man is where he wants to be. Peter Parker, he hates being Peter Parker right now. Whatever happened, he's embarrassed, he's upset, he whatever. But as Spider-Man, he seems all happy. Like, oh man, I get that and I can kind of disassociate with this Peter Parker nonsense, but we don't know what that nonsense might be and, and whatnot. Aunt May, she's got to live in a different apartment apartment because she can't afford one because of the money set it's just awful (laughs) but the overall deal i'm interested hoping that it will get better but i'm worried i'm worried that a lot of people are going to bail because they they aren't gonna say oh i'll give this team you know the leadway whatever everybody wants something good and and cheerful at least after what we just had i mean in that beyond stuff peter was in a damn coma and couldn't even be Spider-Man. So then you come into this after at the end saying, hey, MJ, you want to live together? Yeah, we'll live together. Oh, no. There you go. And it's one of those, like I said, a lot of writers nowadays, they want to give you real crap, crap, crap. So then when you get back to the norm, you get applauded. Beyond started with something awful and kind of got better, better, better. But then the very end of Beyond went to crap again. Right? You know, Ben's dead or whatever Ben is. And... You know, Spidey, you know, Peter didn't really work. I mean, they defeated Beyond, but not in a super happy way. Oh, yeah. He was going to live with MJ, though, and then you get to this. And, and then you get, well, they're just live playing with, with them. Even in Be- that Beyond issue, we saw that was stopped because something happened outside the window. Remember, there was like a guy 
hovering still think that they were going to end up if this is six months later i would have expected that they would have been living together but they're not and then mj has you know maybe kids i i don't know but again we'll have to kind of connect the dots and see but i don't know why you're starting this way you could have had at least some start that could have gotten people you know all right this is pretty good too many sad mysteries yeah so what are you overall I, it's weird that I think the the high part of the issue is the John Romita Jr. art. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, again, a couple pages looked a little little crash test dummy ish, but not too bad. So I, I, there's some there's some interesting things going on. I'm curious about. So I want to see the next issue, but I'm I'm not left feeling feeling happy about it. So I guess I got to give Amazing Spider-Man number one a six point five out of ten. I'm giving it a six. I'm giving yeah. it a six because you have to wait to see what all this is about. But again, I'm kind of sick of that. You got to wait. I mean, the number one, I should be inspired to go forward, not because I want to say, man, I hope that this stuff works out because it's bullcrap. I want to say, oh my god, this is awesome. This is Spider-Man I've been waiting for. Let's go mm-hmm. and then introduce these nonsense. But yeah, I just it had a weird, weird tone to it that I already see a lot of people getting upset about so we'll move on to the next issue which is the punisher and again in this you're going to get another character that is going through this weird transformation and changing it up with that but yeah i I don't know i see a lot of people that aren't really that concerned with this book which is a shame but you give the credits and all that and then we'll get into it punisher number two it is called the king of killers book one chapter two a hand without a fist by jason aaron Jesus Saiz and Paul Azacita, colors by Dave Stewart, lettered by VC's own Corey Pettit. Frank Castle was attacked by the Hand, a cult of assassins who worshipped the demonic beast. This attack was the first test to determine if Frank is the fabled Fist of the Beast, the next in a long line of high slayers to lead the Hand. Frank now resides in a fortress in Japan, where he is tracking a group of fanatical warmongers supplying high-tech weaponry to criminal and terrorist organizations. A hand made Frank an offer he couldn't refuse, become their fist in exchange for the resurrection of his long-dead wife. Yeah, and we saw that he got his wife back last issue, and we go into this and see that the hand had their eyes, at least the priestess of the hand had her eye on Frank as being the fist, and the fist is something that hasn't been around in a mm-hmm. while. They even say that the last fist had like died hundred years. hundreds of years ago. And so they are looking for it because she says that the hand has kind of been a little sus lately. They're not as good as they once were, and they need that big deal. And so when we saw Frank trying to, you know, use swords and things like that, she thinks that that's ridiculous because <laughs> yeah. the idea that he already that's is not the his job. pinnacle. Right. Yeah, like you're already the big thing. And again, right, like your upper your upper management, you don't need to know how to work the the, the machine. Yeah, that's not why we got you. That's that why we got you. We got you to inspire us. You don't have to drive the forklift. No, we want you to go kill everybody and and show how great it is and how good you are at it because you are the best. Now, with that, you have that besides just in comic deal. You had that thing of trying to get rid of the symbol. You change the symbol, though. They still can't get away from putting it on a cover because you want to get people to buy it. But you end up having this idea Mm -hmm. of. You know, he is the best killer, but he wants to learn a new way. He's trying to train with them, but she ends up, and it's a pretty cool scene where he's doing this, and she says, hey, everybody, who are you? Like, tell Frank Castle here who you are. I'm a maggot, I'm nobody, and I've had a sword since Frank is, like, sparring with this one, uh, you know, swordsman of the hand, and he's not doing well at all. He's getting his butt kicked. And, yeah, so 
the uh, the guy who was winning says, yeah, it doesn't matter who I am. I'm just, you know, I serve the beast. Yeah, and the big thing of them having been recruited as real little kids, kind of. Yeah, they've all been fighting with swords since they were seven years old. It gets Frank a little upset by by the point where at one point he says, we're no longer getting kids from now on. That ends now because he is able to kind of order them around. And it does seem like he's pointing them towards some things that he wants to get done. Not only that, but going mm-hmm. after these whole warmonger deal, that whole right. play. It's not super clear to me how much the high priestess is actually obeying him or at least acting like she's obeying him when secretly behind the scenes she's more doing what yeah, she Yeah, I wants. don't know. I mean, when they bring him to this big devil deal, I think that he might be somebody that you have to kind of listen to. We'll have to see. Mm-hmm. But Frank, if, if she is doing other things, then it really makes Frank a dummy because he seems to know everything that they are kind of getting involved with. And he says, keep doing the New York deal, no kids, whatnot. But we see that he was kind of recruited or at least looked at as a kid. He had problems. He had a therapist. This is an interesting retcon because previously, at least as far as I knew, Frank Castle was basically a normal guy up until he had that you know, one bad day, basically, when you know his his family was slaughtered by gangs, and that's when he became you know this violent criminal, murdering Punisher. But we find out on this issue, no, 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 he was a psychopath from being a little kid. Yeah, day one, he was collecting guns he was hiding knives in his stuffed bunny he was drawing pictures of people on fire being eviscerated he even killed a dude and nobody knows about it i think this must be the uh as a cedar art it's a very different art style and i, I think yeah, that's how we're separating it out by the two artists so and i saw a lot of here. people though people mm-hmm. were pissed at this a lot of people think that this is bullcrap and why are you changing his past and his yeah, origin but that like that's it. what people do that that's what you know, I know what Jason Aaron do, yeah, does. Yeah. That's what I mean. Really, what him and Cates Donnie Cates—they're big on this. That's what they do. I don't know that I like it either. It ends up. It, he's it wearing a Captain America things. shirt, but he's leaning back in his chair like he's—I don't know—like he's a soprano. Yeah, yeah. It just ends up. It, it gives me like that bad feeling, then, and then it isn't that one bad day deal. Is this Marvel trying to? Break away from people wanting to idealize the Punisher and using his symbol for things they don't like. Is this not that those people read comic books? But uh, that's my my first point is they don't, and that symbol that is the classic. That's always going to be what they use. They're not going to change it. If I went to somebody who's using that and doing it in a way that they're awful people, and I go, "Hey, by the way, jerk, Punisher doesn't use that symbol." Half of them would go, "Well, who's the Punisher?" They just like that symbol. <laughs> this looks cool. Also, the idea of Telling me then that the Punisher that they seem to, if they do idolize that he was just a psychopath from day one, that doesn't change things either. That's not going to, oh, I can't do that because half of these people probably are the same way. This probably gives up something to, to hold on to a little more than. I thought it was weird. I thought it was really weird. I thought the play was that eventually with the, the mother, you know, his wife and kids back, because you even get a mention where his wife says, and she seems off, she's taking medicine, whatever the the case may be of keeping her there and she says when will the kids be back and he says soon that was something we wanted to know but i thought the play was with the kids and the white back like would he be the punisher now everything that made him the punisher is now gone he's now got his family back now we just see and i think that's the play oh by the way if he gets his family back he's still a psychopath asshole right. and he's gonna do this and it threw me off of it it, it threw me off again we'll have to see how it it's, plays a, it's out. a major change to the whole understanding of the character and I'm, I'm curious to see what we get out of it but it's a 
it's a it's a big swing. The we'll people see. I saw don't like this issue. That's why it's uh-huh. because they said this is just too much. Why are you changing this? It's ridiculous. They it seemed to yeah. Hey, I accept the symbol change. Okay, I understand, but this seemed weird. But yeah, you have it where even this priestess ended up approaching Frank as a kid and has this tray of three knives. Which knife is yours? And he says, you know, f you, f off, and walks away. And she laughs. Ha! Mm-hmm. I'll have to keep an eye on you. Like a sus lady. Yeah, so this was decades ago when the high priestess didn't look that much younger then. So I don't know how old she is, but she's she's a couple hundred years old, I think. Some sort of weird hand magic for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it seems in her trying to get this new fist already sees and says, you didn't tell the therapist anything, right? Because you're, you're what you are. Don't let them change you. You're awesome. And so now we see that, you know, he is there. He's on that crazy bloody throne. Uh, and they are going to bring a guy in the same deal of the guys that we saw before. Apostles of War. That come in. We saw these guys with the big Trojan helmets on. He comes in and offers kind of a truce. Hey, this is a banner gun. It looks like a super soaker, but. Yeah, yeah it does. Super soaker with gamma in it. <laughs> and you end up having, you know, this isn't anything that Frank wants. He ends up smashing it. And he says, you, you know, I'm going to end up. You know, killing all you guys. I killed right. you already. I'm gonna I'm rip everything apart. I'm not teaming up with you. I'm not looking to make you know make an alliance with you. I I want to kill all you, which is kind of kind of weird because we find out later that these apostles of war don't want to make peace with anybody. But maybe they want to make peace with the Punisher. Yeah, it know. seems like they want to get him in on them. Maybe it's because he's such a, a bad guy, but he's not like that. But then he ends up saying this apostle goes and says, "Hey, look at me. I got ripped abs, right?" He's like, look, I don't have any guns. And then all of a sudden, Frank's eyes start glowing, and he gets this part of being the fist. This is the first stage that the priestess says he's able to kind of have the sight, this weird demon blood sight. The eyes. You manifested the eyes, the eyes of the beast. Yeah, the eyes of the beast. So he ends up being able to see things more than they are, future pet, whatever. And he ends up seeing that this guy has a gun inside him. And it's kind of a cool play where you do have these stitches. Gross as hell, yeah. And you see it when he does, you know, say, hey, look at me. They already frisked me. It's kind of a weird force situation to get Worse this, than a prison but, wallet, yeah. Yeah, he ends up ripping open the stitches and there's a gun in there. And he says, I'm here to kill you. If you're not going to join us, I'm going to kill you. Frank, who sees this, ends up and just starts attacking. Somehow mm-hmm. he's able to avoid getting shot. I mean, it looks right like there he's got a, a bulletproof shield at his chest. I don't know why the guy doesn't aim for his face. but uh. It's so ridiculous. And then goes to fire again, and Frank kind of pushes that aside. Throws a lot of morning, you know, the yeah. whole deal. Throwing he, like, stars in his face. punches him with a fistful of morning stars. This guy's in big trouble. He's not dead, though, because if he dies, there's a bomb connected to his heart that Frank was able to see and says to them, Keep him alive long enough to disarm the bomb. I kind of would have thrown him over a cliff above his me. But you end up where, with that, the priestess comes up, pick a knife. We're we're playing knifey-forksy again. (laughs) And he does pick one then, maybe because of the sight, because he does end up seeing this old He sees this past where this old Japanese ninja guy with a demon mask on is using one of these knives to murder a dude. And it turns out to be the simple straight one. Yeah. And he ends up, and he chose wisely, is what they say. <laughs> but again, you even mentioned it last issue. It is like that idea of choosing 
this big deal and and how they end up like the Dalai Lama exactly. and things like yeah. that. It ends up being very Proof, similar. Proof of, of, of reincarnation. Yeah, and he ends up since he was able to see back in the past and see this last fist. That's the knife that he used. So he picks it. You chose wisely. I would yeah. think you'd have more than three. Because that that could be, you know, you get a 33% chance. But so she says, you hesitated when you were a kid and you didn't do it. But now you know more. Now Mm -hmm. you did it. Now I can show you into the room of the beast where. We learned who that last fist of the hand was. It was Shinsuke Ishiyama. And he committed seppuku, probably with this same knife, 144 years ago. So that's how long the hand has been without a fist. So that was the last fist, and he, you know, is now going further and further into being this fist. And she's like, "Hey, let me show you. We have a curtain of weapons that I have to pull apart." I'm like, "What is this? Like, yeah. really? It's like a the throne of swords, but kind of all hang together." Yeah, this curtain of weapons ends up where he goes to see, you know, the beast, and like, there is it's like and- the the door to Greg Brady's room. You know, a little beaded curtain. Really, you don't want to go there when he's dressed as Johnny Bravo, because then you're in big trouble. He fit the suit. But there you end up where Frank goes in. And I think this is where Frank realizes, like, yeah, I don't know if I like this. So, like, before he's just doing his thing and he wants to get his family back. Now he's there and there's this beast. This statue of the beast. It's huge. It's gross. It's fat. It looks almost like one of the seven deadly sins out of Shazam. It has that kind of look to it. And there's these hanging corpses, which I presume are, are real corpses, all behind it. And, uh, yeah, so the high priestess bows down and kneels, and Frank's just staring at it like, oh, oh, it's boy. Like, what the heck is going on here? Well, then we go off to see the apostles of war that they end up where they go around and sell guns and stuff to people. You know, they want to cause chaos and whatnot. And I do like this play. I thought that this was kind of clever. Even though, like you said earlier, we saw them trying to make peace with Frank or at least getting him on. So whatever. But in this, first off, they realize that Frank and the big guy realizes Frank is not joined up with them. The Punisher hasn't joined them because this would be something big that would happen. It's a meeting between these apostles of war and it looks almost like a gang of lucadors from Mexican wrestling. We don't know. We don't know where this is, but the, the, the play is that. The apostles of war have sold some weapons to these folks because they, they, they paid for them. And the apostles are mad because they didn't actually kill nobody with these weapons. And the gang says, hey, the, our opponent surrendered, so we didn't have to shoot him. So this is even better, right? We just wanted to make peace. As soon as he says the word peace, this one big guy who's so big his head's not in the frame, he punches the top of the guy's head off like his jaw is still attached to his neck. But everything else, it's really disturbingly gross. Yeah, and they tried to get the hell out of there. It's, that's one of the grossest panels I've ever seen in a Marvel comic. Yeah, and the funny thing is they even say they want to make peace with the apostles. He's like, hey, that's why we came here. We don't want trouble. We just want to make peace with. And he just obliterates this guy and says, we nasty. Say, you say the P word around me. <laughs> I thought that made me laugh. The P word. Come on, Jason Aaron. You can't say that. He starts to attack them. They're trying to get out of there. And then it's, it's like revealed. The, the, the boat on Arrested Development that's called the C word. You know, it's, a, it's, it's funny in a comedy. This wasn't supposed to be funny. Yeah. Yeah. So you end up where he says, I don't we don't go with peace because, look, I'm, you know, war. I'm Aries. So you end up you're gonna have that's to deal with that's our final reveal this is aries it's not the wonder woman aries it's the marvel aries it's aries yeah so yeah. he's there he looks big and bad and you even saw before you even saw him he was so much bigger 
than the rest you couldn't yeah, see like nine feet tall. They were, yeah they were down at the head level of everybody else and he was just talking almost like a kingpin type deal because he's so big and just huge so he is there he knows that because he says if they hey our guy that we sent to talk to frank castle is kind of things kind of went off or whatnot so they think that means he killed frank and that when you have airy signal i i would have known about this people would have rejoiced i would have gotten signs that that was happening that did not happen we still have to go against him so you have that big deal and having aries as that lead of that it makes it a little bigger these apostles were kind of a joke in my mind they were more the first issue but here i mean i guess ripping a gun out of your stitches is pretty badass but i just needed a little something more and having aries that's pretty cool so We'll have to go against Which that. Which I think but we we'll speculated see. last issue that they they looked like Aries in the first pa- like the first two panels of the whole book. Like I set it up, it's the Annie having Aries, and this will be the big deal of Frank kind of seeing the demon. Does he want to do that? He's getting these abilities now with it. He wants his family back, so it's all twisting and turning. It's okay. I mean, I'm I'm okay with the, it. The opponents here, we have Frank Castle, kind of against the hand, kind of with the hand. Also against Ares, but there's no there's no good guy in this book. No. Right? Just various different factions of bad. That's kind of what you get in the Punisher book a lot. I mean, the idea that he's never the best guy. But I, I the idea of this seems to be that he's joining the hand to kind of, you know, tilt them in a little better way. Not as much as like a Shang-Chi that was trying to, no. you know, change his dad's <laughs> legacy. But at least here he says, listen, we're going to continue the stuff that we were doing in New York, but also no more recruiting kids. And she's like, eh, whatever goes up like you said who knows how she plays this out or whatnot uh but what did you think of it it's not my kind of book yeah it's 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 effective at doing what it's doing but i don't know if i like what it's doing it's doing the retcon of frank castle it's doing horrific violence it has early on one of the sexiest scenes i've ever seen in the marvel comic of, oh of frank and maria my goodness they're they're all naked on top of each other and things are hidden but not all that hidden and i'm kind of surprised to see that in a marvel book i think Again, the art is really effective. The gross stuff looks gross. The flashback stuff looks kind of old and different enough to separate it. But again, I don't really like it. I have to admire it, the, its effectiveness of what it's doing, but I don't really like it. But I can't give it a horrible score because, again, clearly Jason Aaron is accomplishing what he's trying to do. So I guess I'm going to give this a 7.3 out of 10. Okay, I'm going to give it a 7.5. And I- I'm with you. The weird play, though, again, is you want to change that symbol. Because people have used that symbol to do bad things And I think a lot of people were afraid They were also going to be like Oh, what's going on? The Punisher can't kill people? Or be on like, nope, nope This book kind of has that as well I mean, it's not The symbols change And the MO of being the the fist of the hand Is different And But it's still just him, you know Killing people and whatnot With the idea that he wants his family back So uh, a lot of people, though, like I said, they didn't like that retcon deal, but eh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out and see yeah, what that if, all means. If they by make the it work, I'll be okay with it. I just, you know, again, like any kind of retcon, any change, show me that you're doing it for a purpose. Show me to get something good out of it, and then I'm okay. Well, this is when we were going to go to Thor, but it's not going to work out. We ended up having problems with the uh, recording software now, and now the time has come and passed. So I'm here with Jason for the end here. Maven, it probably will sound a little different, too. My voice is a little lower. Today, I'm kind of sounding a little sexy, I think, is what's going on. I was screaming at curling all last night. So I'm yeah, sure you actually, in between this, you went curling. I did. I went curling, and I cleaned up the uh, 
the droppings of about 300 birds in between last recording and now. It's been a been a busy 24 hours. Yeah, I ordered groceries for the first time online and yelled and screamed like an old man would and didn't like the experience <laughs> okay. one bit. Uh, then got excited. The because, internet's not for everybody, Jim. But no, you'll get I there. just well, I end up and I'm doing this, and I'm like, I like to walk through the grocery store, and I decide on a whim sometimes, or hey, I'll make a dinner mm-hmm. with that or whatever. I'm going through. I'm trying to find stuff. Then it's asking yeah. me if that's not available. I'm like, no, I, you're. I, I do hate when you order online and then you have a whole recipe planned, and they're out of one thing, and you got all the other ingredients, and you can't make it. That is a pain. I was I was really angry. And then at the <laughs> end, where I had to go through the deal, well, if they're if they don't have this item, that's four dollars. Mm-hmm. We'll replace it with this twelve dollar and fifty. And now you're well, not. See, that's that's why Detective Booth and Carnage went shopping. Exactly. Himself. Well, that's why so. I should have, and that's why maybe he's a gem because yeah, we're, we're at the end here. I'm with that. We will be talking about Thor. We know it's a big book. It is a big book. Uh, we're going to be talking about it next week. We don't have a lot of books next right. week anyway, so that will be something where we can focus on that so that we can just get this episode that's already laid out. I will say, because, you know, it's this week's book, I will say I give at least, I can say I give Thor a thumbs up, the 750 issue. Thumbs up, especially especially the Beta Ray Bill store by Walt Simonson. I thought that was really great. Yeah, we'll, we'll fight about that next We week. will. We'll fight about We that. will. Maybe uh, rereading it again, maybe I won't be as angry as <laughs> I was at a bit. But also, I have all these things going on when we have the podcast that we just end up, you just listen to. Yeah, we. I had a lot of things going on yesterday, trying to get things done and whatnot, and I was in a pissy mood. So maybe I'll be a little bit better next week. Uh, in the meantime, eternal. in the meantime, I I've talked to a bunch of people since we recorded, and they love that Spider Man. I'm like, oh, he might, you know, not love our. It review, has promise. But- it has promise. Maybe not the greatest number one issue ever, but you know, see where it goes. We have, I have some faith in Zeb Wells. Okay, yeah, I I like Zeb Wells, so we'll have to see how that goes. What is your book of the week, though? My book of the week is going to be Silver Surfer Rebirth number four. You mean that that book that's on like one review that's like a four? On the, I actually had fun with it too. We had fun talking about that. Mine is actually Carnage number two. Again, both of those. This is not planned, mm-hmm. or a, and I, they were both on the Patreon spotlight. Oh. But we had fun talking about them. We actually yeah. had a, a pretty good time they, with they that. Both did what they set out to do. Yeah, yeah, they did. Now we have our gem of the week, and my gem. That I originally was going to have is actually from the Thor book. That's a little hint. Like you said, thumbs up with that. Uh, I'm going to have to because I actually thought of my gem. I completely forgot about it two seconds later now. And I'm trying to think. So what is your gem? My gem of the week is from Carnage number two, Detective Booth, because he sat by his his comatose partner's hospital bedside. And then he wasn't too angry when that partner broke into his apartment. I think that makes him a gem. That's a pretty good one. Originally, my gem was going to be the old lady priestess from the whole Punisher, where she did offer mm-hmm. a young Frank Castle a pick of knives. Uh, that's always fun, right? Kids, kids love knives. It's good for their for character. Here's mine. I remembered mine. Okay. I was stalling there. That's <laughs> what I was doing. <laughs> no one could tell. Don't worry. Randy. Randy Robertson for going to Tombstone, knowing that he might die, still to Randy, ask. stand-up guy, Randy. Yeah, still to ask if he could have his daughter's hand in Draw, marriage. Looked and kind of like a crash test dummy, but a good yeah, guy. Yeah, he did. But I, I thought that that was pretty nice of him. Uh, with that, though, it ended up actually extending the issue a little in a weird way. But, yeah, that is my gem of the week. So with that, what do we have on the docket next? Oh, cover of the week, too. 
Uh, I forgot yes. about the cover. My cover is the Amazing Spider-Man, the John Romita cover. I thought that was a pretty cool that cover. That is mine as well. I just threw a little shade at John Romita for some of his faces. But yeah, I thought that cover was, was really nice by John Romita. You John like Romita. the sweep on there, the swip? I did. I thought that was the, the most cheerful, upbeat part of the whole yeah, Amazing Spider-Man number one experience. Actually, you're going looking like this thing's like, ooh, like a lot yeah, of fun. My hopes are up and oh, now they Oh, lost. no, no. Aunt May won't even barely talk to him. Oh, my goodness gracious. But what is coming up next week? Next week, besides our uh, will be long awaited Thor number 750 coverage, we'll be doing Avengers Forever number five, where we were going to learn about Doom Supreme and where the heck he comes from. We'll be doing Maestro World War M number three of five and see what that wacky Maestro is up to. And we like uh, that book. You didn't like yeah. the last issue the as much. The second one was but... a little bit down. The first one got me excited. The second one was a little bit treading water. We'll see where we get to that. That was a that was a Namor joke, by the way, treading water. Yes. Yeah, it is. The treading next water. book we'll be doing is Spider-Man 2099 <laughs> Exodus Alpha by Steve Orlando. Yeah, that's one that if there weren't as many books, yeah, uh, <laughs> we, we don't have a lot of books, uh, so we're going to try that out. I'm, I'm worried about it. A bit, I don't know. We'll, see. we'll see if we can get that Orlando Zone sound effect going. I don't know if I have a button for that. Uh, what else then? Isn't there one we more? Have, yep, there's one more. Ben Riley, Spider-Man number four. This is way back in the past before he got turned into whatever the heck he's turned into now, so... We'll see if there's any hints back there about He's turned that. into what Eric wants me to always, he, he tells me all the time, pronounce it chasm. Oh, say right. chasm right. To, to get people upset. I'm like, no, I'm not, but I'll say it now, chasm. Yes. Uh, but with all of that, the funny thing about that Ben Riley book is now that the Beyond stuff is done and we do have chasm, now it's official, uh, that Ben Riley back in the day, even though it shouldn't affect it, it, it kind of loses a bit of its luster for me. It, I'm it like, does. Oh. It feels like, oh, yeah. no. Yeah, the, the, the hopes and dreams just, eh. So. I think we both forgot it existed until we saw the uh, the previews. Like, oh, right, that book still is a thing. We were talking about what was coming out, and when we got to that, you were going down the list to me, you know, off off the deal. And you said, oh, and a Ben and I actually thought, wait a minute, is there number one? Like, from, oh, <laughs> it's that. And not that we haven't liked that because we did like it at the beginning. But uh, again, I don't know. The the zeal and the the steel is kind of worn off. I don't think JMD Mateus is probably all that happy with what they've no, done. No, no. So we'll, hopefully this issue, though, will be like, okay, we're going to get them. You could look at it the other way. We're doing glass half uh, empty. Because I said, oh, we'll, we'll get good Ben Riley stuff. So maybe we could think that Flowing way. We'll see. Right. Yeah, we'll see how it is. But yeah, uh, apologize to everybody for not having the Thor this week. But again, I, I'm telling you, I'm so angry I'm with this Blame those system. storm giants. And I'll tell you that this, I end up where even the last time we had a problem with the recording software where I get a hold of the people. They never helped me the last time. If you remember, I came up with a solution that seemed to work. So then when we go this time, they end up. Oh, they're giving me this and that, blaming me and you. I mean, I'm telling you, the oh, shade they, they were throwing me? at you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because of your computer. They they can tell what we're using, and they went right to that, and that was it. They wanted to just say, whoever this Jason guy is, he's the – and I'm like, really? You jerks, because I'm having problems, too, on mine. And then I went, and in the meantime, I figured it out myself again. I, I should actually – maybe I should get some money. They could do the IT call. Send them right to me. Jerks. Yeah, they, new, and they were new, jerks. New, about uh, it. Tech support podcast with yeah. Jim, only on the page. Oh, they were jerks. Really, like just not being nice. And I'm, why do I pay you? But with all of that, go over to our Twitter, WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you on back. 
after this whole Twitter purge that happened. Oh, my goodness. People losing followers left and right. But with all that, too, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can hear us wax poetic about both Carnage and Silver Surfer, our books of the week. That ends up being close to an hour-long podcast right there. So if you don't get enough here, you go over there. Again, this is not the plan of, hey, let's put this over next week so they have to go there or whatever. But our you can go plan, over to the Patreon. Yes. Yeah, and there, there's a bunch of other things. I do a Marvel Unlimited uh, podcast where I go through the Unlimited Universe that we even have a new podcast with me and our man Brandon, if you're a longtime listener. Me and him doing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is pretty cool. Uh, and a, a lot of other things uh, over there. So go there, but also go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. Uh, Check out our reviews. That is that. That is all we have here. And I will uh, say uh, goodbye to everyone. Thanks, Jason. What do we say at the end of the podcast? We always say have a great week. We keep it marvelous. Marvelous. Go read comics. Go read comics. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. <laughs> Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.